Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast, probably my favorite, my new favorite episode, one of the most important episodes when it comes to manifesting and magnetizing abundance, money and clients in your business. So this is not only relevant for clients, but basically to manifest and magnetize anything that you want to magnetize in your life. Now, I am going to go through quite a lot of information, but this is going to give you the global picture of how I believe we can manifest and magnetize abundance. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to break all of the different themes I'm talking about today into shorter podcast episodes that I will be releasing over the next two or three weeks or so, so every theme is digestible, and if there is one theme that you are more interested in, you can just, you know, pick and choose whatever podcast episode talks about that. Otherwise, this episode is going to turn into a five-hour um, five hour long episode. I really had to scratch my head and say, okay, how can I organize my thoughts and organize everything that goes behind manifesting abundance or magnetizing abundance in one framework that kind of makes sense. And I've been thinking about it for literally two days. I was not inspired. I was like, how can I talk about this? And it finally came to me. So I am sharing it now. So I will be talking about the three main elements that, in my humble opinion, you need in order to manifest abundance. And then under each of these three main elements, we're going to have uh, a bunch of themes or subcategories. And these are the themes and subcategories that I'll be speaking uh, about more extensively in the individual podcast episodes. There is no specific order uh, of relevance. I'm just kind of talking about it in a way that I wrote it down in my notes. So one theme is not more important than the other. It really depends on you and your personal situation. So what I know is when it comes to our business or anything that we are manifesting in our lives, but most of you are business owners, sometimes when things don't seem to be going the way we want them to go, we just want to disappear on a desert island where no one will find us, where we don't have any responsibilities, we don't need to look at our bank account and all of the bills we need to pay, we don't need to open those letters of boring admin admin shit that we need to get done for the business, we don't want to face how our Instagram account has not been fucking growing for one year or how our engagement rate, rate is shit, <laughs> where we don't want to have to do some more EFT on why not more people opened our last emails that we sent during a launch. All of that is extremely normal and part of the emotions that we feel as a business owner. And one of the things that I have noticed is that we sometimes believe that we are wrong or not trusting enough or that if we feel that way and we want to give up or we feel pissed off because nothing seems to be working that we are doing something wrong and I want to tell you that that's not the case it's just a normal part of being a business owner 
And just like we are so grateful for the time flexibility that our business gives us, for the fact that we don't have any annoying colleagues that piss us off, that we don't have to commute if we're working from home, or just like we have so much fun on client calls, or just like we can be creative and excited about creating content that's really going to help people, the contrast to that is that sometimes we just feel like shit. We want to give up and disappear from the face of the earth. Uh, That is extremely normal, and just because we're feeling that way doesn't mean that we cannot magnetize and manifest abundance. So let's talk about what magnetizing and manifesting abundance is not about for just a few minutes before we dive into those three core pillars uh, that I mentioned before. So here is what abundance is not about. Number one, having the perfect vibe all of the time. So as much as inner work, the law of attraction, energy, and quantum physics is amazing and opens the door to so many possibilities that we didn't even know existed for us, the negative side or the darker side of that is, and at least that's been my experience and a lot of my clients' experience, is that we can fall into the trap of believing that we are not vibing high enough, or that if we have doubts or fears, or if we have a meltdown during a launch, then energetically we can't manifest what we want because we're not feeling good enough, blah, 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 blah. And because we are so fearful about our energy not being high enough, we start feeling guilty when we don't meditate more. We start doubting that we can actually attract it because we feel we have a bunch of limiting limiting beliefs and blocks that are still there. And it all turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy. So because we believe, oh my God, my vibe is not high enough for me to get what I want, That's why we don't get what we want rather than our vibe itself. And the best example I can give you for that is that if you take an area of your life that is working very well, you don't need a high vibe to keep that working well. So for example, for me, I have the most amazing friends on planet Earth. Um, I don't need to do anything to maintain my friendships. I mean, obviously I see my friends and we love seeing each other. But I don't need to WhatsApp my friends every single day to take, uh, make sure that they're feeling okay. I don't need to go on Facebook groups of like Swiss people going to Costa Rica to make new friends. I just always meet fantastic people that end up being fantastic friends. And when I'm feeling down, which, you know, happens all of the time, for short periods of time, sometimes longer, or just before I get my period, never has the thought crossed my mind, oh my god, I'm feeling down, what if my friendships all go to shit, or what if my vibe is not high enough for me to meet new people, or what if some of my friendships start uh, crumbling down or not being, or not sustain themselves in the future because my vibe is not high enough. Like never has this crossed my mind, but it crosses my mind for my business and money. Like, oh my God, I'm not trusting enough. My vibe is low. What if I can't manifest money because I'm not like joyful and happy? And because I worry about that, the worry rather than the vibe is what creates resistance. So if we can manifest things perfectly and other areas of our life, regardless of how high our vibe is, we can do the same thing when it comes to abundance or clients. And how we do that is the topic of this podcast. So I really want to 
emphasize the importance of you manifesting something is not about high vibe, it is rather about lack of resistance. And we have a lack of resistance when we don't worry, when we are not in fear, or when we don't overthink something. So just like when you go to the restaurant, uh, it's literally manifesting is like going to the restaurant. So you go to the restaurant, you check the menu, you choose what you want, you place your order, and then you just know that your order is going to come. So you kind of forget about it, and then you get it. So it's ask, forget about it, or believe, and receive. And when we can get into that space of knowing it's going to come, or not stressing about whether it's going to come like is the waiter gonna break his foot on the way to the kitchen or is the cook gonna quit right at the moment when he was supposed to make my you know carbonara pasta or what if they run out of cherry tomatoes and they can't make my salad that's kind of what we do when we stress about abundance like what if clients can't find me because my engagement rate on Instagram is low or what if my messaging wasn't clear enough blah 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 and this is what creates the resistance so manifesting what you want is not about being in a high vibe it's about lack of resistance which we will basically learn how to do in this podcast number two here is what manifesting and magnetizing abundance is not about always doing more we are human beings we are meant to be especially as women in our feminine energy and when we are in our feminine energy we can receive we are not human doings so a very frequent thing that comes up in my calls with my clients and that I experience for a very long time is the feeling I'm not doing enough so yes I have sent the email I have posted on Facebook and Instagram I have uploaded a story, but I still feel I could have done more. I could be on Pinterest. I could be on TikTok. I could have sent a better email. I could rewrite my sales page, which is not optimal. Blah, 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 blah. But feeling that we constantly need to do more just stems from unhealed imposter syndrome or the message that we got as children that we had to do more in order to get love, affection, and attention from our parents. But manifesting and magnetizing abundance is not about how many hours you work. Otherwise, the cheat code would for all of us would be working many hours and constantly being busy and we would all be rich, which we know is not true. And conversely, you have people who are really not working that much and who are manifesting a lot of abundance. So magnetizing abundance is not about how many hours you work. Number three, and I've said this a gazillion times before, magnetizing abundance or basically anything you want is not about the fancy funnels or the perfect strategy or how many Instagram followers you have. And again, if it was about that, anyone who had the best funnel, the best website, the nicest pictures or the most... Instagram followers would be making the most amount of money and we know that that's not true as a matter of fact I have I had a client who uh, joined the abundance magnet program two years ago she had the best Instagram game I have ever seen in my entire life so her her content was brilliant and that was her niche she coached people on how to level their Instagram up she had an outstanding engagement rate and number of likes and her account was constantly growing like it was insanity it was every content creator or business owner's dreams to have an instagram account like hers on every single post like between 25 to 100 comments it was it was madness yet she was not making any sales in her business 
and her offer was good, her niche was niched, her content was brilliant. It wasn't uh, that, you know, that high investment. People could definitely afford it. And she wasn't making any money. And it was mind-blowing when you think about it, because from the outside, it looked like it was absolute perfection. And we later realized that she had this massive, humongous receiving block where her entire life she had put herself last after her husband and her children it was and it was completely unfamiliar for her to receive and more than that she thought that her husband would divorce her if she allowed herself to receive which was like something programmed in her childhood anyhow this was a short example to emphasize or point out that it's not about strategy you can have the best strategy in the world the most glitzy strategy in the world the best funnels it's not going to do anything if the energy is in the right place and last but not least what is not going to magnetize abundance and money is turning into an inner workaholic, meditating seven hours a day and doing EFT 17 hours a day, expecting things to kind of fall onto our lap. And this is the case for two reasons. So when we turn into an inner workaholic, which I have been guilty of many times, we kind of signal the universe I still have so much shit I need to release and heal before I can manifest abundance. I'm like, I'm going to heal my abandonment trauma and imposter syndrome before I put myself out there because right now I'm too quote-unquote damaged or too fucked up with my beliefs in order to get what I want. But then because we believe that, that's what happened. So the problem was never our limiting beliefs in the first place. It was our beliefs about our beliefs. And I have manifested so many things, even when I was in a low vibe, or even when I had a bunch of limiting beliefs, or even when I had some major things in my life that were not healed because they were just not ready to come out of beneath the carpet yet. Um... And again, if we are just kind of meditating six hours a day, which I mean is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but we don't take aligned action, we are not going to get it either unless you are at a level of the monk who can just, you know, boom, magnetize anything you want on your lap, including Swiss cheese, without having to go to the store, which in which case that's amazing, teach me how. We still need to be in a co-creative process with the universe and our part of this co-creation process is taking aligned action. So here are the things that don't work. Now let's get into the three pillars that I talked about before or that I mentioned. I don't know if I already said what it was. I don't think so. So pillar number one, and again, in no specific order, number one is embodying the energy of already having what we want and having a regulated nervous system so we can feel overall positive or neutral which is the lack of resistance that we need in order to manifest things. So when I go to the restaurant, I either feel kind of excited about the dish I'm going to eat, or if I'm not particularly excited, I'm pretty neutral. Uh, I have ordered my food, it's going to come, it's like satisfying, and that's it. I'm neutral, but I'm not worried. So that is pillar number one, and I will go into the subsections or sub-themes of that pillar in one second. Pillar number two is taking aligned action to be part of the co-creating a co-creation process, even if we don't have all of the answers yet, and even if we take imperfect action. And number three is feeling deserving and worthy, uh, and worthy, excuse me, of having it. So when you look at all of this, so let's say that I am embodying the energy of already having it. Uh, so I can really feel the vibes of, you know, I'm already a millionaire, I'm already, you know, driving in my nice car and having as much time as I want. 
but we are not taking action, that's not going to work. Unless you're next level embodiment, which is all of the good things I wish for you. And similarly, if I'm embodying the energy of already having it, or if I have a pretty regulated nervous system, I'm pretty zen most of the time, but deep down I don't feel deserving of having what I want, or I don't feel worthy of having what I want, I'm not going to manifest it either, because fundamentally, some somewhere deep inside of me, there is a belief I don't deserve it. So I can embody all of the energy I want, but I'm not going to get it. So that's why it's so important to have that. Then taking aligned action to be part of the co-creative process. So again, you could be taking aligned action uh, towards your goals. So you could be like sending the emails or posting on Instagram or doing all of the things. But then if at the same time, your nervous system is a fucking train wreck and you are always worried about where your next client is going to come from, that's not going to work to magnetize abundance. Uh, taking action is great, but then we need the faith and the embodiment of it working, because also this business and manifest manifestation is a journey. So if we want to be able to not fall off the train or the bus, we need to already feel some joy or satisfaction throughout the process rather than before we get to the final destination. And again, if we are taking aligned action and even if we are embodying the energy but we are not feeling deserving or worthy of having it, as the example I just mentioned of that past client, she was taking all of the action and doing all of the right things, but she didn't she had this massive receiving block so she wasn't receiving it. And Conversely, if we feel worthy and deserving of having something, but we are not taking action or we are not embodying uh, the energy of already having it, that's not going to work either because I can feel really worthy of getting my high ticket client, but I'm taking no action. So my high ticket client is not going to freaking find me. Or conversely, I can feel really deserving of having abundance and being a millionaire because, you know, maybe that's what I've been used to, or I just fundamentally feel that I deserve it, and that's what I'm meant to experience in this lifetime. But if I'm constantly worried of not receiving it, you can feel worthy and still worry. So I can feel worthy of receiving Mr. Right, but worry that I'm not going to find him or meet him. I can feel worthy of driving a nice car or flying in business class, but at the same time, worry that my business is not going to take off. So it's two different things. So as I was saying, if we don't, if we feel worthy and, des and deserving, but we are not taking action or we're not embodying the energy, it's not going to work. So this is why we need those three elements combined together. So number one, embodying the energy and feeling neutral or having a regulated nervous system. Number two, taking aligned action. And number three, feeling worthy of receiving it, those three together guarantee that you will magnetize and manifest what it is you want. Now, can you magnetize and manifest stuff if you don't have all three? Of course, of course you can. And I have manifested a bunch of stuff even when I wasn't particularly taking action or embodying the energy. But when we want to quantum leap to the next level, when we really want to upgrade our life, where if we've been stagnating for quite some time and what used to work is not working anymore, then we need to look at these three elements and make sure that all three elements are working together. Because when they are, it is impossible for you not to get what you want. So it's like the tomato guard example that I 
talk about a million times too. Let's say you want to grow beautiful tomatoes in your garden or on your balcony or wherever you want to plant your tomatoes. And let's say that the three things you absolutely need to grow tomatoes is, I don't know, the right soil, number one, the right temperature, number two, and like watering it the correct way, not too much water, not too little water. So let's say that those are the three elements you need. Can you grow tomatoes if you have the right soil and the right temperature, but not quite the right amount of water? Yes, it would probably kind of work. It would not be optimal, but it would work. Can you grow tomatoes if you don't really have the right soil, but you have the perfect amount of sunlight and perfect amount of water? Yes, it would probably kind of work, but is it going to be optimal no. So what I mean with all of these three pillars is that you can absolutely manifest amazing, beautiful things in your life, especially if you don't have any resistance, which is what all of this is about. But to just quantum leap to your vision board life, taking all of these elements together is really what's going to get you there and what is going to guarantee that metaphorically you have the nicest, plumest, most beautiful tomatoes you could ever have. Uh, that you grow on your balcony. So I hope you you know what I'm talking about. So now I'm going to go through all different the um, through all three pillars. So embodying the energy, taking aligned action, and feeling deserving and worthy of having it. And I will dive into the sub themes of what we need to master. So the subtopics or sub themes in order to be able to do these three things. Now, I'm not going to extensively talk about it because, of course, it would take five hours, but I will then release a bunch of uh, shorter podcast episodes on all of these themes. So let's talk about embodying the energy of already having it and having a regulated nervous system so we can feel neutral or not have resistance or not want to flee to a deserted island when things are not going well, or hide under a fucking box and never come out. So number one, which is so, so, so important, is understanding how old conditioning, or how your past, as in everything that happened until five seconds ago, (laughs) makes us addicted to the same emotions that we are familiar with. So Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it uh, extensively. I highly recommend his work and his books and his episodes and his YouTube channel. But he says something that makes so much sense and really changed my life when I first read it. And that is that even when you want to change and make positive changes in your life, so let's say you have a tendency to worry about money and now you don't want to worry anymore. You want to feel positive about the future and know that you can be a millionaire. So you can do that for like half a day, one day, two days, maybe a week, maybe two. And then what happens? We tend to fall off the train and we tend to go to scarcity again and we tend to worry again. So what, why does that happen? Are we stupid? Do we have like not enough willpower? Uh, Are we just not motivated enough? No. The exact mechanism that happens is that when I've been used to worry about money for the past 15 years, or when beliefs and patterns have been planted in my mind by my parents or from generational, uh, like generations above, I create and release very specific chemicals each time I, each time I think about money, which would probably be cortisol among others. So cortisol is the um, chemical of stress. 
And just like any chemical like weed or alcohol or cocaine or any um, painkiller drugs, your body can become addicted to a chemical. So if I have spent the last 15 years worrying about money, it means that on a more or less regular basis, as I'm thinking about how I'm going to pay my next bill, cortisol is released in my body and my body gets used to that. So when I try to change and feel positive about money, that means that my body is not getting its usual dose of cortisol. So it's going to be fine for half a day, one day, two days, maybe a week, depending on how strong I'm addicted to the chemical of stress. But eventually my body is going to need its dose of stress, just like an alcoholic needs alcohol or someone addicted to heroin or cocaine is going to need the drug. So what happens then is that your body sends a signal to the brain saying, hey, you've been thinking positive, screw you, we need cortisol. And your body can literally hijack your brain to start thinking thoughts that are going to trigger a stress response. So your body becomes your mind. This is what Dr. Joe Dispenza means when he says your body becomes your mind. Your body has the power to hijack your mind so that your mind creates familiar thoughts, which are going to trigger familiar emotions, which your body are addicted to. And it's a vicious circle. The body is going to trigger thoughts, which are going to trigger emotions, which are going to trigger chemicals that your body likes. And it's a vicious circle loop. Of course, we can change that through subconscious reprogramming, EFT, and many other ways of releasing old stuff that no longer serves us. But we need to understand fundamentally how this old conditioning or old thoughts and emotions tend to be very sticky and stubborn. It's not because we lack willpower, but it's because we have a chemical addiction to certain emotions. And emotions are triggered by thoughts. And thoughts are triggered by emotions. So you can only think and feel as good as you're thinking and feeling. So if I'm in a complete funk, freaking the fuck out about how I'm going to pay my next bill, it's going to be very difficult to have a positive thought and actually believe it and a thought that's going to make me feel good. So the more we feel bad, the more we can only trigger thoughts and feelings that are aligned with how good or bad I'm feeling. And this is why it's difficult to snap out of um, that. So one of the sub-themes or topics under embodying the energy of already having it or having a regulated neutral nervous system is first of all understanding how all conditioning makes us addicted to the same emotions and how we can change that, which I'll talk about in another podcast episode. Number two, how do we embody the energy of already having it is being able to shift from a shit phase to feeling good faster than slower. So we are human beings, we are all going to experience the range of emotions. Sometimes we just wake up and the day turns to shit. Someone pissed us off, we send an email, no one answered, whatever. And it is completely okay to be mad, frustrated, worried, scared, whatever you want to call it, that we would consider as negative emotions. And it is not our goal to completely delete these emotions or not feel these emotions, as first of all, it wouldn't be realistic, and I don't think it would be desirable either. 
the secret in embodying the energy of already having what we want is to be able to reduce the period that we or the time that we spend in these negative emotions. So once you have tools, techniques, and hacks or tricks and tips that can successfully change your emotional state of being, then it really doesn't matter if you had like a 20-minute shit phase or if you feel worried about a bill, but then you're able to snap out of it. Or if you got mad because a client didn't sign up in your program even though they said they would, if I can get myself out of that anger within 10, 15, 20 minutes or even one hour or two instead of ruminating about it for one week then we are successfully embodying the energy of already having it or at least having a neutral overall vibe. So your ability to snap out of a negative mood or out of a phase is key to nail and master the embodiment part of already having what we want. So that's number two. And all of this will be summarized in the show notes. Number three is reclaiming your energy that is stuck in the past so you can create your future. So when we are embodying the energy of already having what we want, or if we are just neutral and non-resistant about what we want, embodying the energy of already having it basically means that we are embodying the energy of what we wish to manifest in the future, right? So if I want you know, to make X amount of money each month. And it's not about the money. It's about the possibilities that the money opens up for us because we are in a society where the main currency is money, whether we like it or not. So let's say I want to make, I don't know, 30,000 a month, which guarantees that I can always travel where I want and it's going to make me feel free, which is one of my main values and things I want in life is to feel free and to feel like I have options and not to feel stuck or constrained by my lack of monetary resources. So if I want to feel free and peaceful and serene and knowing that everything always works out, which is what I wish to create in the future, it means that I can't be spending all of my energy that is stuck in the past. Because if all of my energy is stuck in the past, how can I use energy to create a different future? So what I mean with reclaiming our energy that is stuck in the past is that Any event that if you think about it today, so even from your past, if you think about it today is going to trigger a high emotional response, whether that's anger, sadness, grief, worry, uh, I don't know, uh, resentment, etc., is an indication that some of your energy is stuck in the past. It's really that simple. That's how you know if your energy is stuck in the past. So if I think about that old boss who fired me in an unfair way because my stupid colleague lied about something, and I think about it today, and it makes me so angry, and all I want to do is smash his stupid face against the wall, the past has the power to pump my energy and to release stress hormones and chemicals in my body. And it belongs in the past. It's from the past. I can't do anything about it. Or if I think about all of the times when my parents didn't congratulate me when I got good grades at school, or all of the times they said, oh, you got, you know, 8 out of 10, who did better? And that made me really sad, or it made me feel unworthy, and it triggers a high emotional response today, or I feel this heaviness in my chest, or my throat starts to close, 
which typically is how my body reacts to stuff that makes me sad or makes me feel unworthy, again, my energy is stuck in the past. So this doesn't mean that we need to be robots. We are not. We're human beings with emotions. But in general, if I have a bunch of events from the past that still have the power to trigger an important reaction today, it means that my energy is stuck in the past. That simple. So does it mean that I'm going to die tomorrow or that I can't manifest? Of course not. But we are all, um, this entire podcast episode is about the fastest, best, most efficient, aligned way to magnetize and manifest whatever you want fast. And to do that, we need energy. We need our energy. So what I did five years ago when I overcame my depression is that there was something called the personal peace procedure. And the personal peace procedure is basically us making a list of all of the things that when I think about them, upset me or trigger some sort of emotion. And then do some EFT on every single event until the emotional response on a scale of 1 to 10 is maximum 2 or 3, right? Either 0 or 2 or 3. So if I think about that time that the professor was so unfair to me, it used to trigger me so much and I wanted to hit him for real. (laughs) I had like rage seeping out of all of my pores in my body. When I think about him today, I'm just like, that guy had a lot of stuff that he needed to deal with and he just put it all on me and it doesn't really trigger any reaction. I still think he's a bit of an idiot, but I will not actually get myself worked up on it. So when I did my depression healing work, I did that with all of the events that used to trigger me. So of course, I still have a few that are a bit stubborn. But overall, when I think of very upsetting stuff from the past, it doesn't really upset me anymore. I can see it from a more neutral perspective or as if I was watching a movie. Um, And it, yeah, there's like some distance. So not, you know playing ostrich and burying my head in the sand, but even if I try to make myself upset about it, it it doesn't really because I've made peace energetically with those events. I'll talk about that in a separate podcast episode. So reclaiming your energy so you you can create your future. When I say reclaiming your energy, I'm also talking about all of these energy suckers that we are giving our energy to. So maybe your mother-in-law expects you to be at her place every Sunday so all of you and your partner's siblings can have some freaking brunch and you just don't want to be there, but you feel guilt-tripped and she whines and she says, I'm getting old and soon I won't be there and I'll be dead and blah, blah, blah. If you don't want to be there, if you're being guilt-tripped, if you're feeling that she's crossing your boundaries in terms of how you wish to spend your adult time, Your energy is stuck in the past. We're stuck in someone else. Why in the past? Because it's poor boundaries from the past or lessons and beliefs that other people gave you that are preventing you from saying no and doing your own thing. Um, Or being afraid of making yourself visible because your ex-partner was a narcissist who hated for you to get attention. Again, this is energy that is stuck in our past because something from the past is determining what actions we're doing or not doing today that could benefit our future. Moving on, letting go of the belief that it has to be hard. So how can I embody the energy of already having it or have a neutral nervous system if there is this belief screaming as a little voice in my head that I have to work harder, that I'm not doing enough? How can I embody the energy of chilling out and being 
calm, collected, and faithful about the future and enjoying my freedom if I still have the sticky belief that it has to be hard work or take sacrifices. Those two don't really go together. So in order to be able to embody the energy of already having it, I need to let go of the belief that things have to be hard or that I'm going to sacrifice um, things that matter to me. So does it mean that having a business and attracting clients and building your empire is always easy breezy? No. Having a business is extremely triggering. It takes all of the shit that we put under the rug out of the rug so we can deal with it and grow. But it also doesn't mean that it always has to be a struggle party. We don't have to ride the struggle bus every single day. We don't have to huff and puff and sacrifice all the things that we want to do in order to have a successful business. And many people get stuck in magnetizing, manifesting more money because they have conflicting beliefs, which is the first belief is, oh, I want this amazing business and I believe I can have it and it's going to be amazing and give me freedom and the other belief is it won't last or I have to work hard in order to sustain it or I have to sacrifice things that really matter for me like quality time with my kids in order to have a successful business and because they have these conflicting beliefs that's why they're not manifesting what they want. Last but not least, in order to embody the energy of already having it, which is pretty obvious, is happy money mindset. So we need to be pretty neutral around money. We need to have a happy money energy, knowing that money is a a resource that can always flow to us. There is not a lack of money. If someone is making a lot of money, it doesn't mean that we will have less Money is not dirty, money is not the root of all evil, etc., etc. Because how can I embody the energy of abundance if I have all of these shitty stories around money? That's not really going to be possible. So happy money is one of the sub-themes that we need in order to embody the energy of abundance. So this was topic number one embodying the energy of abundance. Topic number two or pillar number two that we need to master in order to be abundant as fuck is taking aligned action so we can be part of the co-creative process with the universe even if we don't have all of the answers, even if we're not taking perfect action. So how do you guys, how can I take aligned action? Well, what is the thing that doesn't make us take action is often procrastination and fear. So the number one subtopic or theme or whatever you want to call it in order to master the art of taking aligned action is alleviating success blocks, fear of failure, fear of success, procrastination, perfectionism. Because if we feel that everything has to be perfect, we're not going to take action. If we are procrastinating, obviously we're not going to be taking action. If we have fear of failure... The fear of potentially trying and failing is going to be so high that we are never going to get in motion in the first place because the fear is paralyzing. And then we enter into analysis paralysis. Is my sales page good enough? And what if the color of the button is not the right color? And what if people get offended by something I said on my sales page? And what if I get judged Uh, by all of the people who saw me trying to start a business, but then I don't succeed, blah, 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 blah. We need to alleviate that. That's the first step in order to be able to take action, or at least action on a prolonged period of time, because it's something to take action. 
um, consistently and it's something else being able to post for two weeks and then falling off the bus because we are so afraid that we won't be successful. I also talk about success blocks, which is already an entire different episode, but success blocks by my definition is basically any belief or stuck emotion that associates success with pain or danger. And this is very easily formed in our mind. Success blocks are actually very common where, for example, as a kid, maybe you were a straight A student because you had to please your mom. (laughs) And as a consequence, all of your girlfriends or like little friends from your class called you a nerd or made fun of you where they were a bit salty. Like when you got the best grade each time, they called you like the teacher's favorite, that the energy was not vibing. And you associated having success at school or having good grades with being ostracized, rejected, or made fun of. And when we're kids or teenagers, being rejected is one of the worst things that can happen from a survival perspective. Like it's the one thing we want to avoid. So now your mind has basically... Uh, recorded the information, when I'm successful, I get rejected. And this can fuck up a business because each time you're going to be successful, you're going to be afraid you're going to be rejected, which would be even more painful than not having a successful business. And thus you're subtly going to sabotage yourself or you're going to procrastinate, etc. So this is why it is so important to heal, alleviate, release success blocks, fear, failure, procrastination, perfectionism in order to be able to take aligned action. Number two, of how do we take aligned action that works is the art of high ticket clients so for this specific point i'm assuming you are a business owner who wants to attract clients so if you're not a business owner who wants to attract clients just don't listen to this subtopic all of the rest is perfectly relevant for you so how can i take aligned action to attract great clients who pay me well if i have no idea how to attract great clients who pay me well. It's going to be difficult. And this is why I procrastinated for so long before I started social media. So I knew I needed to get my ass on social media around October of 2019. And it was only in February or March of 2020 that I started my Instagram and Facebook accounts. And the simple reason for that was that I had no idea what to post, where to start, or basically how to do things in order to successfully put myself out there and attract clients. I had no idea. I was like, yeah, I could post about the mind or hypnosis, but I had like no plan. Nothing really made sense. I didn't have like a clear step-by-step process of how I was going to do things. So what did I do? I did nothing and I procrastinated because it was very unclear in my mind how to get clients. So in order... For you to take aligned action to attract clients, you need to know the art of high ticket clients or high paying clients or clients in general, dream clients, let's call them dream clients. Once you know the art, because there is an art and a formula in how to attract those clients, you can then start making an action plan to attract them. But first you know how you need to know how to do that. So that's aspect number two. Aspect number three of how you're going to take aligned action to be part of the co-creative process is feeling comfortable with visibility. So of course, this also has to do more with business owners, but even if you're wanting to manifest Mrs. or Mr. Right, you probably have to put yourself out there. You have to be comfortable being vulnerable. You have to be comfortable, you know, someone finding you despite your perceived flaws 
um, etc., etc. So if you've been programmed to believe that putting yourself out there is dangerous because your ex was violent, then you probably have some problems with visibility or with putting yourself out there because that's going to be a perceived source of danger. So if you want to manifest, you know, whatever you want to manifest, we need in most cases, to put ourselves out there. So in the topic or in the scope of business, uh, if you have an online business and like many of us, you use social media to attract clients or if you use networking, face-to-face networking to attract clients or LinkedIn or whatnot, you need to be comfortable with visibility. Pretty obvious, but many people are just one step away from their high-ticket client and that is showing their face, recording content, or feeling safe with visibility. So I can post content showing my face or not showing my face, and my content can be great, but if I feel scared about people finding me or being in the limelight, I'm not going to manifest clients. And this is exactly what happened to me three years ago when I started on social media. I have an entire podcast episode about that, where I had this past life experience hypnosis where basically the message I got was that when I was visible, uh, people wanted to kill me. And I don't know if it was the product of my imagination or if it was really a past life, but it doesn't really matter because it triggered a very strong emotion that needed to be released. So basically the image that came as I was doing that hypnosis was me running for my life in the woods and I escaped whoever was chasing me and wanted to kill me. And I lived like happily ever after. But the message I got in my mind is no one can ever find me. Otherwise, I will be dead. So I was living a happy life on my own, doing my thing. But the fundamental belief was if they find me, they will kill me. So I could not be found. And even though I was on social media and doing all of the posts and posting all of the content, clients were not finding me. And the minute I did that hypnosis, it was insane. Literally within one or two weeks, I manifested this massive speaking opportunity on an online summit. And I got my first three high-ticket clients within five weeks of doing that hypnosis. So it really energetically unlocked something. So yeah, you need to feel comfortable with visibility. That's kind of the first step of you taking a lot of aligned action in your business. Last but not least, being able to go towards the fear instead of running away from the fear. So making scary decisions that are in alignment with the future you want to create. This is of utmost importance for you to manifest and magnetize whatever you want. We cannot quantum leap to a whole new level staying comfortable because what we feel comfortable and familiar with is based on our past. Thus, we cannot create a different future if we are staying in comfort and familiarity that was built in the past. It's really that simple. It's not rocket science. So I have had countless examples of how doing what made you so afraid was the breakthrough that you've been hoping for for months or even years. And it can be business-related or completely not business-related. So I haven't launched my program ever because I'm so scared that if I launch and no one signs up, it means that my program sucks and that no one is ever going to buy from me and that I will never have a successful business. And instead of potentially facing that, which would be so painful, I choose not to take action. I choose to procrastinate because it's way too scary 
to potentially launch and not get any clients. So I procrastinate about it. I don't take action. But maybe what if everything goes well and that launch brings you your first or two first or three first clients and that is the start of a very abundant business. Or maybe I've been in a relationship that no longer feels aligned and that has been pumping my energy and I need to break up with that person because it's better for them and it's better for me and it's the most loving thing I can do for me. But I'm scared and I don't know if I can make it on my own and maybe they're contributing to my finances or maybe I've never been alone in the past 15 years and it's a scary world out there being single. So I stay and I stagnate and I wonder why I'm not receiving from the universe when during this entire time I have not given myself permission to move on from something that is no longer aligned. So I have seen it again and again and again. It's when you can leap into or towards scary things when you can take the step in the scary direction, having faith that on the other side of what you're scared scared of, there is literally light at the end of the tunnel or an untapped source of abundance waiting for you, that's very often when you get the biggest breakthrough because the universe always rewards action that is breaking up from the familiar past. I mean, some things from the past are great, in which case you don't need to change them. But if always being afraid that no one is going to buy my program, which has led me to never launch, that is not something that's serving me. So when I say, okay, I'm breaking up with that pattern, I'm going to trust that people out there want to buy my program because my next level self would believe that and I would have plenty of clients. So I'm going to do what is scary and take aligned action in the direction of what my next level self would do, which is launch programs and people would buy. When I have the courage to do that, even though it's scary, we open up new possibilities that were not available to us before. So that is it, the four elements undertaking aligned action. We are already 49 minutes into this episode, but we don't have that much left to go. And I wanted to give you a clear framework of how to become an abundance magnet. So you basically have the entire framework in this episode based on what has worked and not worked for the 160-something clients I've worked with in the past three years. Last but not least, we need to feel deserving and worthy of having whatever it is we want to manifest, clients, money, abundance, relationships, a nice house, whatever. And to feel worthy and deserving, there are three main subsections that we need to go through. Number one, healing abandonment trauma. And if you had told me this maybe 18 months ago, I would be like, what are you talking about? Like, how is abandonment even related to business? Like, maybe if I have unhealed abandonment stuff, I can't find the right partner, or maybe my friends will always abandon me, but it has nothing to do with business. Well, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen listening to this podcast, that unhealed abandonment trauma will fuck up your business like you can never believe, because fundamentally, when we have unhealed abandonment trauma, what we tend to do is internalize things that don't go correctly. So let's just say that, basic example, I'm dating someone, they leave me. I'm, if I don't have, if I have unhealed abandonment trauma, I'm going to internalize the breakup. So I'm going to feel that it was my fault. I wasn't good enough to keep them. I wasn't worthy enough. I wasn't special enough. I wasn't important enough. If I had been more, done more, was more beautiful, more this, more that, they would have stayed with me. 
Whereas when we have secure attachment or when we don't have any unhealed abandonment wounds, if someone leaves us, of course it's going to hurt because we're humans, but we're not going to internalize it. So we're going to say, if you know the person left us because they feel that we are not the right person or they have too much going on in their life, we're going to be like, okay, they are focusing on their career or maybe they wanted kids and I didn't. Um, or maybe there is someone else better out there for them and for me, and we're not going to take it personally. Same goes with your business. If your launch doesn't work, which happens to all of us, there are so many flop launches in very successful entrepreneurs' businesses. We just don't really talk about it, but every successful entrepreneur or business coach or whatever coach has a bunch of flopped launches in their past. It's just the way it is. Just like when you play tennis or any type of sport, sometimes you just have shitty days. Sometimes you enter a tournament and you lose. Sometimes, you know, you might be a baker and you love baking cakes and sometimes a bake, a, a bake, a cake doesn't turn out the way you expected it to turn out. Maybe it wasn't your day. Maybe you put too much milk and now it's all liquid. Maybe it doesn't really taste that good. It wasn't what you expected. And that is normal. It is normal to have flopped launches or stuff that didn't go right. But when we have unhealed abandonment trauma, we are going to associate a negative meaning with a flop launch or like no one reading our email or Instagram post not getting enough likes. And we're going to internalize it. So we're going to say the universe doesn't like me and that's why nothing ever works for me or people are just not interested in me or I'm not an expert enough and that's why they didn't want me or I'm just not meant to be successful or if I was better or more performant or more beautiful or more this or more that then it would would have worked and that is so damaging to our self-esteem and self-image that then it all turns into a huge self-fulfilling prophecy and it becomes more and more difficult to put ourselves back out there because now fear is crippling. Uh, so this is why unhealed abandonment is so significant in the way that it affects our business. And fundamentally, when we have unhealed abandonment, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel worthy of our parents' love and attention. And we feel that the reason why our parents were never able to give us what we wanted is was because we were not good enough, rather than them being dysfunctional or dealing with their own trauma, right? Same goes with same goes in business. If we don't feel worthy of having good things just for who we are rather than what we do, we're not going to manifest it. And this is something that I am healing in the process of healing and I've made a lot of progress and I'm so blessed and grateful, but I still have a long way to go. And fortunately, it wasn't fun when I was experiencing it, but fortunately my dark night of the soul in my business really woke me up to this. For so long, I thought that I was only worthy as a business and mindset coach if I was successful. So as long as I made all of the money and as long as I had successful launches, I thought that people would look up to me and want to work with me. But what happens the day that you're not making as much money? What happens the day your business is not as monetarily successful as it used to be? You start thinking, which was my exact thought process, oh my god, I'm such a scam, I'm a fraud. Who am I to be a mindset and business coach? Telling people how to launch when I can't even get the launch results I want. When I'm not building or growing my business as fast as I want to build it. 
when I'm not even able to get myself out of a funk when I teach other people mindset. And it became this huge, massive problem where I felt like such a fraud. I felt so unworthy. I felt that no one would see my value as long as I wasn't achieving and successful. And I was convinced that my value as a business and mindset coach in this space was through what I did and achieved rather than for who I was as a person. And it took me a very long time to change that. And it's very common amongst us because we grow up in a society that values achievements from a very young age. So the straight A student always gets more validation from teachers or parents than the student who can't be bothered and is always thinking about something else and is not listening in class. Or there are all of these honors and awards for the people who end up at top of their promotion or high school or university, but nothing for the rest. And we're brainwashed to believe if you don't get good grades or if you don't have a good diploma, you will not have as many opportunities or you will, will not make as much money and will not have such a nice life as other people who had better grades or better jobs. And this is why it is so deeply ingrained into us that our value comes from what we do and what we achieve rather than who we are. And what really helped me shift that was recognizing that my friends could not care less how much money my business is making. And one of the things they value in me is who I am. They like me because who I am. They like me because of the interaction we have together. They like that I can provoke some of their thoughts or introspection where they're like oh I hadn't noticed that I had this pattern thank you for pointing that out they appreciate that they know they have someone with whom they can always talk about topics that they could not necessarily talk about uh, with someone else they appreciate with some of my friends that I have known for like 25 years plus that whatever happens in their life I'm going to be there and I'm not going to judge them. So all of those qualities have nothing to do with what I have achieved or what I do, but it's rather who I am. And this is something, it's like a quick tip. Uh, I'm kind of going on a tangent here that you really need to sit down and write down what value people get from you from based on who you are rather than what you do. So maybe, you know, if you are a coach in narcissistic abuse recovery maybe you've been through narcissistic abuse and you can understand your future client or current clients better than anyone else who hasn't gone through that maybe you are an empath which i'm sure many of you are and you can kind of guess what emotions one of your clients is feeling before they themselves can even put words on how they're feeling so you can help them identify you know what they're feeling and how you can move forward maybe you're very good at problem solving because that's who you are you're just you know very good at finding solutions that other people wouldn't have thought of and that is one of the things that people value in us all of those things that have nothing to do with how much money you have or what you have achieved in your life so coming back to my point, if we want to magnetize and manifest abundance, we need to feel worthy of receiving it. And that starts with healing abandonment wounds. So we don't need all of the external validation in order to feel good. We don't need someone to invest in our program to feel good. And once you can generate feeling good from within, uh, regardless of how other people treat you or regardless of how many people buy your program, when you can feel safe, and valued, and important, and proud of yourself, 
and generate this from within, which you can do once you heal abandonment trauma, because you're able to already generate all of these things from within, you start manifesting them. You are not relying on external people, circumstances, or things in order to feel that way, but rather because you feel that way, you start manifesting people, circumstances, or things that are going to reinforce those feelings that you already have. So if you can feel safe from within, which feeling unsafe is really often due to abandonment trauma, because if we are abandoned as a kid, we die. If you can feel safe from within, you no longer need to make money or get clients to feel safe. And because you don't need it, you don't resist it. And because you don't resist it, you manifest it. Moving on, conquering imposter syndrome, pretty obvious, but to feel deserving and worthy of having money, abundance, and clients in our business, we cannot feel like a fraud. We cannot have imposter syndrome. And I know something about that based on the example of uh, what I told you when my business had this dip in revenue and I felt like a complete fraud. So if we don't feel legit, if we don't feel like an expert, if we feel like a scam, it's going to be very difficult to attract clients because we are going to feel that we don't deserve it or that something is off or that we should be further along than we are. Like the energy is just not going to be vibing. Last but not least, probably the most important thing and the topic I love to talk about is unleashing your receiving potential or your divine receiving potential. So how many of you listening to this podcast have been giving your entire life? And when I say giving, I don't necessarily mean giving money or giving things, but giving support worrying about others, making sure that everyone is happy and that we're not ruffling any feathers. And maybe, you know, your mom wants to pay you a visit for an entire week and you don't really want your mom to be there even though you really love her, but because it would hurt her feelings, you say yes and now you're feeling awful and drained and you put your mom's needs, emotional needs, before yours. That is what I mean about not receiving. That is what I mean about always giving to others. We give others before ourselves. Now, there is this myth about selfishness. If we think of ourselves, if we say no to our poor mom or mother-in-law or sister who really wanted to visit us because we would rather watch Netflix and eat popcorn, we are selfish. No, that is fucking bullshit. So let me give you the definition of selfish. The right definition of selfish. Being selfish is expecting other people to change their ways, plans, or behaviors to accommodate us. That is the definition of being selfish. So let's imagine that I am feeling a bit off tonight and I don't like this feeling, so I'm going to call my best friend and demand that she cancels her plans with her family, friends, or boyfriend, and come and keep me company because I'm feeling like shit. Now, of course, this is something that I would do uh, without thinking about it twice. If a friend is telling me, hey, I'm not feeling too good, of course, I'm going to pay them a visit or give them a call. But me expecting someone else to change their ways, plans, or whatever they had in mind to accommodate my needs is selfish. If they say no, if they say, listen, I can come tomorrow or I can do this another time, but like tonight is really not possible. And then I accuse them of being selfish. 
That's just bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Or other example, your two brothers or your brother and your dad or your sister and your mom or your two best friends have been in a conflict over an important or not so important topic. And this has been going on for months and months. And it's always the same story, always the same complaints, always the same gossip. And you are no longer interested in being involved in their conflict. So you tell your two best friends, listen, uh, this is not something I can help you with. I don't want to be involved with this anymore. I think you should sort it out between the two of you or maybe a third party, like a therapist or like a counselor, but I no longer want to be um, in this conflict anymore. And then one of your best friends comes to you and say, I really needed your support in this. I can't believe you just that you, you just did that. It didn't cost you anything uh, to take my side. You are so selfish. No, you're not. Her expecting you to be involved in something just so she can feel better just so her needs can be fulfilled, is her being selfish. So when we expect other people to fulfill our needs, we are being selfish. So of course, there is, you know, when we are people we love dearly, there are many things that we want to do to make them happy and to help them out, and we do it, and we're happy to do it. But when, yeah, you expect other people to fulfill your needs in general, that is selfish. And it's really that simple. And we need to be careful because our ego doesn't really like this notion. But if, you know, uh, my sister used to take my side in a conflict I had with a friend and suddenly she doesn't want to do that anymore because it takes her too much energy or it upsets her or she's just done with it. Maybe it was very convenient for me to have my sister on my side. And I also have to look at myself in the mirror and say, well... Maybe they don't want to be my emotional support pet anymore. Maybe they don't want to be my psychologist anymore. And that is okay. I can't expect them to make me happy. I can't expect them to be there available for me or to listen, me listen to me complain two hours every Sunday on FaceTime because that's me expecting them to accommodate my needs and my emotional well-being, which other people should not really be responsible for. So, of course, we need to take this with a grain of salt, and sometimes it's more than normal that people who are very close to us take into account our emotional needs, but this is not the topic of this podcast episode. So, unleashing your divine receiving potential to come back to uh, the meat and potatoes of this subtopic is we need to start become familiar with receiving instead of always giving. And allowing ourselves to receive is allowing ourselves to put ourselves first, even if mother-in-law, sister, best friend, or boss is not going to be happy about it. But if we always do what is loving to us, we can never go wrong. So if I need a break because I am physically exhausted or mentally exhausted, it is okay not to go to that gathering, even though we initially said we would. It is okay to tell our sister that we just don't have the mental capacity to listen to her emptieth conflict with her boyfriend. It's okay not to want your friends to visit you because you just can't do it right now and postpone in two or three months because that feels better. It also means that when people compliment us, we say thank you. We don't find excuses like, oh, that's such a nice dress. And our first reflex is to say, oh, I got it on sale. It was super cheap. Why are you basically dismissing the compliment? Because we're not 
familiar with receiving. It also means that we have to stop feeling like a burden or an inconvenience when we receive. So I used to feel so bad about my friends coming to pick me up with their cars. If they had to do like five minutes more of the original route they had to do. So let's say we go to a restaurant and my friend is like, hey, I can come and pick you up. I would be like, no, no, it's fine. I'll take public transport because public transport in Switzerland is really good. Why am I denying them picking me up? Because I was worried that I would be a burden, that I would annoy them, that the extra five minutes is going to take them to come to my place is somehow going to make them realize that I am an annoying friend and that they don't want to be my friend anymore. So irrational when I talk about it today, but for such a long time, I didn't want to bother anyone. I didn't want anyone to have to make an effort. I always said I don't need any Christmas presents or birthday presents, even though everyone else in the family was getting birthday presents from me, because I didn't want to bother. And I was so familiar with giving and taking care of others that for me, their happiness and emotional needs was more important than mine. Well, this needs to fucking stop. If you want to receive abundance from the universe, you need to feel comfortable with receiving and not only from the universe, which is this kind of intangible thing that we imagine somewhere up in the sky or whatnot, you need to feel comfortable receiving with everyone, including your siblings, friends, family, your boss, and have a healthy sense of entitlement, just like kids. We want to give to kids and they accept to receive. So when we see a kid and, you know, they've had a piece of cake and it looks like they want more cake, we're like, okay, do you want a piece of mine? And we are happy to give and they are happy to receive. They're not going to say something like, oh no, I won't take your extra piece of cake because I don't want to deprive you or I don't want to be a burden. They don't have this notion of receiving being bad or any negativity associated with receiving but we do so we need to go back and embodying kind of that childlike behavior where we expect to receive where if we want to go to disneyland we ask our parents i want to go to disneyland we don't worry that they have to pay for it we just ask and then well we will see where we don't depending on what they can do but we don't feel guilty for asking We don't feel guilty when we receive that Christmas present that we wanted to receive unless we've seen our parents suffering and sacrificing a lot and then we get the message that it's going to take a lot of unhappiness, stress and sacrifice for them to give to us, which can also create receiving blocks. But my point is, the main reason why people are not manifesting money or clients is not because they have a money problem. Um, This is a very popular belief. If you're not getting money... You have shitty money stories, but well, not necessarily. You might have very healthy money stories. You might love money, but you have a receiving problem rather than a money problem. And that's why you haven't been receiving what you want from the universe, because receiving is so unfamiliar, because it's perceived as a sense of danger. Maybe people gave you stuff and then manipulated you or expected you to behave a certain way. So you felt trapped or you felt uh, tricked when people gave to you, maybe you got love, validation, and attention when you always worried about your mom and tried to make her happy. So now you are afraid that if you receive, she's not going to love you anymore and not want to be around you, which is mainly subconscious. So maybe this is not really landing, but it's probably a subconscious pattern. Okay, so this was it. One hour and ten minutes. Um, I will put like brief summary in the show notes about all of this. But if we talk summarize there are three main elements that when they are combined together 
are the absolute cheat code and key for you to manifest and magnetize abundance fast. And those three things are number one, embodying the energy of already having it and mastering emotional neutrality or a regulated nervous system. Number two, taking aligned action so you can be part of the co-creation process with the universe. And number three, feeling deserving and worthy of receiving whatever it is you want in your life. Uh, Last but not least, um, that I really want to point out, so you might be like, holy guacamole, you just talked about like, let me count, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 topics that we need to master. Uh, I mean, 13 subtopics and three main categories that we need to master in order to be an abundance magnet. Oh my God, when am I even going to achieve all of that. It's probably in 50 lifetimes. Well, the great news is that you don't need all of these elements to start manifesting abundance. We are all in a process of healing, releasing, and expanding, and I don't think that the process ever ends. So you just intentionally walking towards your future, healing the past, and embodying what you want in your future through small action steps that you take regularly is enough for the universe to start sending your manifestations your way. Can you manifest even though you've had a bunch of these topics that are not healed or mastered? Absolutely. Do you need to go through all of these sub-steps before you can get what you want? Absolutely not. Uh, I have seen it again and again and again in my Abundance Magnet program, which by the way is going to open again in two weeks, that within the first one or two or three weeks, and we've only done one or two of these topics, people are starting to manifest crazy things. Or maybe they were scared about investing in the program because it felt like a big investment and they didn't know if they could make all of the monthly installments, but they invested anyways because they chose faith over fear. They chose to invest in themselves because they deserve it. Just the energy of faith over fear and investing, even though it was scary, was enough to unlock something and to attract one or two clients that paid for the entire program, or just setting boundaries with the mother-in-law, even though they still have imposter syndrome and success blocks, was enough of an energetic shift for the universe to be like, yeah, this was a big decision and we are going to... uh, reward you with some client's money or abundance. What I really like to say is between any limiting belief, unhealed pattern or familiar past is an untapped source of abundance. So you don't need all of them in order to tap into the abundance. It's just that the more you do, the more you get, but you can absolutely manifest fantastic, extraordinary things Um, even though you haven't gone through the three pillars in total. So yes, you can absolutely start manifesting wonderful things and it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be long. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say. There are so many beautiful things I manifested, even when I was in a funk, even when I wasn't in a good mood, even when I wasn't visualizing, even when I wasn't meditating. But because I trusted, I was like, yeah, I deserve this and I'm not feeling great and it's fine because I still deserve it and I want it and I believe that sooner or later it's going to happen. Boom, manifested. So I will put the link in the show note, but the Abundance Magnet program is reopening in two weeks. I'm hosting a three-day completely free training in 
about a week, so next Monday, starting next Monday, that goes in depth into everything we've talked about in this podcast episode. So you can really have concrete action steps, knowledge and information in order to turn yourself into an abundance magnet. It's going to be an amazing training. Each and every time I have hosted this training and I've upgraded all of the content now so it's even better, uh, people have manifested clients or money or something huge in their life. I'm also intentionally um, structuring the training in a way that it includes everything that has worked for my clients in 2023. So the clients I've worked with in a group and one-on-one, I'm pumping all of the gold and all of the great information and all the things that we did that worked for them and worked fast. And of course, including that in the training so you can benefit from that too. And so you can start taking action steps, both mindset-wise and in your business to become an abundance magnet or to manifest even more abundance. So link in the bio or link in the description, I mean to sign up. And also, should you decide to join the abundance magnet or if you've had your eyes on the abundance magnet program for quite some time, if you join before we officially launch, which is at the end of July, I don't even know the exact date, but it's going to be uh, around the 31st of July, official open cart day. If you join before that, you can get in at the old price. So get approximately $650 off the Abundance Magnet program as the investment it will be when I launched it uh, this round. So if you've been sitting on the fence, if you've been considering it, if you've been waiting for the program to relaunch, this is your opportunity to manifest yourself a $650 discount approximately. Uh, There will be a link in this description too to join now. Um, at a super crispy, beautiful, unicorny rate. If you have any questions, uh, you can send me a DM as always. And in any case, there is the completely free three-day training happening next week that you will get so much uh, from. Even if you can't attend live, it doesn't matter because the replays will be available for approximately one week. There is also a VIP upgrade, which includes a happy money bundle, EFT videos, a hypnosis recording to rewire your subconscious mind to attract money, a Q&A session where you can ask all of your questions about your business, and a full hypnosis session, one and a half hours, to go back to the root cause of why you're not receiving more abundance and clear that root cause directly at the subconscious level. So that VIP upgrade is only $47 and you get lifetime access to everything I've just talked about on your own dedicated VIP page. The link will also be in the description. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode and I will see you in all of the next episode where I dive deeper into all of the aspects that I have just talked about today. So thank you so much for listening and I wish you a fantastic day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inespadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word 
And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.